races was on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's and she was heavy laden Away we went along Collingwood Street that's on the road to Bladen Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 70, coming in hot for you on this Tuesday evening Pacific time. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. Uh, we got a jam-packed episode for you because Newcastle did things. And to talk about those things, I bring you the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newcastle Brunson. What it do? Uh, actually, my name is now... Elijah Joel in Tunesome. Oh, oh, yeah. I can't believe I didn't figure that one out. Oh, yeah. We're, we're doing that. You can follow <laughs> me on the Twitters at Elijah underscore Newsome, but you already knew that. You already knew that. Greg, what did it do? I, I'm happy to be back on the pod as a regular, not a random cell phone call. Well, we you didn't know? miss you. so I felt, I felt like a side piece last week. You were, but that's yeah. fine. The people but came now, to hear my voice. And I will say, the second podcast was significantly better than the first one that I did. So, <laughs> shout out to you, Well, Greg. yeah, it's because I was on there. Yeah, I, that's why I said shout out to you, Greg. Yeah. Um, and we have some things to talk about. Um, before we get into that, we have some beautiful housekeeping notes. And that is to follow us on Twitter, at CHN underscore radio. Because we have significantly more listeners than Twitter followers. So... Give us some love there, guys. What are you guys doing? Just not You're not giving us love. It's true. Also, head over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. We are so close to a significant milestone. So if you guys, and I don't want to just get, let you guys know what the milestone is, but I need you to give us five-star reviews because we're very close to a milestone. The, next person, the next person to give us a review and screenshot it and tweet it at us. I will. I will give you five dollars. <laughs> Cash app or Venmo? Both. I have or, both. Or in hand. I. Oh yeah. I'll fly to Newcastle or wherever <laughs> you are in the world and hand you five dollars. It's a five dollar review, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I mean, my fingers are crossed, <laughs> so you're not going to get the money. But it's 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 about it's about the effort, you know. It's about the it's about the spirit of podcasting. That's what we're yeah. here for. Yeah. Um, Elijah. Mm-hmm. I was just in Cape Cod and the Mecca for the New Englanders. <laughs> yes. I was just in, in Cape Cod, the Mecca for New Englanders. And uh, it it doesn't remind me of Newcastle, Cape Cod. No, well. That's that's my breaking news. Okay, I about to say uh, I don't really know where you're going with this, but I I'm they, I'm intrigued. You've got my attention. Not a lot of bridges. Mm. Um, there's a bay and an ocean. Oh, that's weird. Tons of rich people and like zero poor people in sight. Okay, are you saying Newcastle's full of poor people? That's a hot take. Well, there's a few. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. That's uh not as bad as the time that I compared Newcastle to Cleveland and said the city doesn't bring people much joy, and then I got roasted by Mark Douglas. Yeah, I would. I would. I was going to roast you, but I figured. The people that listen to the podcast, or I mean, the people that saw that article, would do it for you, for me. Yeah, you know, 
that's just me being like Atlanta's better than the city in the world. But anyway, so you were in there. There's no bridges. There's no poor people. Um, sounds like you're just bragging about your vacation is what it sounds like. Yep. There we are. That's all I had to say about it. Mm. There's also no soccer fields. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Are there breweries in Cape Cod? Yeah, there's there's a significant portion of them. Oh, good. Well, yeah. at least you could drink. I partook in some, yes. Mm. Oh, Greg, can people follow the main site on Twitter and read articles? Is that a thing? Uh, no, you actually, we've blocked, we've We've blocked followers on that. On that oh, okay. Side. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> follow go, us. Those tweets but go suck. Go to at, at coming home NUFC for that, John. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Newcastle United have shattered their transfer record, and we're going to get into that because shattered is is true here. I'm not. Yeah, it, it actually is. Regardless <laughs> of the, shattered. Of the, regardless of what you think the fee is, it's still it's been shattered. It's shattered. Yeah. Uh, so this evening, Newcastle time, Tuesday evening, uh, is our first signing of the window. That striker, Joel Tun, aka as this podcast shall know him, Joel Tune. Mm. Or as people, or as some people may think. Joel Linton, or Joe yeah. Linton. <laughs> Joe Linton. <laughs> Joe, that's the one, Joe Linton. Yep. That one. Uh, we signed him from German side Hoffenheim. Mm. Uh, the estimates initially varied, but there's a lot of reports coming out there that it is a one fee, 40 mil. So that, that's significant because that's a $10 million fee that Ashley paid. Congrats to him. And, yeah, well, that's a And lot. you can even go back and argue that he didn't even pay that because he still had a ton left over. But, well, okay, let, um, let's let's give him some credit. It's not ten million; it's like eight and a half. Because you forgot the Hasselu deal netted him like a million oh, and a half. Yeah, eight don't and a half. don't sleep, don't sleep. Yeah, Mike Mike's doing good business. Shout out to him. So, just a just a little recap before we we dive into a lot of things about Joel and Joel and Tune, twenty um, two year old. His full name, Joelinton Casio Apinario Delira. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. Six-year contract. He's our number nine. We'll get into that, too. Um, number nine was last sworn by Salman Rondon. It's true. I mean, you uh, photographic but, evidence. Yeah. <laughs> um, he will be the fifth Brazilian-born player to represent Newcastle United. Uh, and he may be playing against Preston in our next friendly. So mm. something to something to see there. But um, it was a crazy announcement because this is this is a shattering, shattering, shattering uh, transfer record for Newcastle. Something like I mean, if we think about it, you know, how many years and, and that used to be our trash talk on Ash on Ashley is like every club has broken a transfer record in the last ten years except for us. Um, but now he's done it twice in, in six months and I feel like he didn't really have another option. So the first question I want to ask to you, Elijah, before we dive into like statistics and, and really dive in deep and going into your article, which I want to dive into, um, can you be happy about this signing and hate Mike Ashley? I mean, Flash yeah, boycott. yeah, that's, I think that's a given. Um, I don't know. Well, why it's I, not, it does. It doesn't seem to be a given. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, I think there's a lot of negative Nancy's on Twitter, like Steve Wraith. I mean, 
I love the guy. He's a fun follow, but like just spewing negativity. And it's like, regardless of how you feel about Ashley, like this is going to be an exciting player to watch. And, and I think, I think one thing you have to consider is that when you're boycotting, especially because right now, a lot of people are committed to boycotting the Arsenal match, um, which that's fair and fair play to to those people. Um, but they're still going to be watching. Like, they're still going to be supporting the team. And I think that genuinely everyone hopes the team does well. Um, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that Mike Ashley's going to sell. But as we know, there's no guarantee that if we get relegated, Mike Ashley's going to sell because we've been relegated twice and he hasn't sold. So I think genuinely people would be okay if we did fine and if that Joel, Joel Ellington did fine in the Premier League and was a good striker for us. I mean... And you can still hate Mike Ashley because he sucks. There's a lot of reasons to hate Mike Ashley. So I mean, yeah, you can you can do both. I don't see why that's not why that's uh, that's not possible. Yeah, a lot of people are like that's where the negativity comes from. It's from the boycott. It's from the just trash ownership of Mike Ashley, which is completely warranted. And I'm and at least my side on my side, I'm pro boycott. Um, but it's yeah, you can be excited because if if Newcastle United is going to get sold, it's when they're in the Premier League. That's when they're at their highest value. And and let's be honest, like we, if Ashley's going to sell, it's not going to be for the lowest value. Like he's going to sell at at our highest point. Um, and having a forty million pound player on Newcastle United also adds to the value of the club. So it's it's that's that's the end goal. You could still boycott and still be happy, in my opinion. I know it's not a groundbreaking report that I'm still happy about signing, but that's what it is. But moving on, Elijah, you broke the news at the same time as Newcastle United. uh, It's true. With a nice combined article with Graham. It's true. um, Published author, Graham Bell. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, We'll get more into that at some point, probably. I don't (laughs) know. if you could, let's let's without giving too much info because the people need to come to coming home nufc.com to read the article, but also just give us a little taste of what to expect when clicking on that. Well, I would if I were you and I was interested in Joel and Joel Ellington or Joel Ellington no, no. or Joel and Tune. Yeah, uh, I would actually refer to the article I wrote before this one that was like, "Hey, Newcastle might break their record signing for this guy. Like, let's figure out who he is." Because that has a little bit more about, like, his play style and stuff. And, you know, I'll reveal some of that information. Um, and shout-out to, uh, I now forgot who I was shouting out. But we'll shout them out in a second. Uh, I, there's, there's a Twitter account that, I, that had a, a very good, um, a very good like, uh, what are those things called? Scouting reports. Goodness me. What a night. Um, I had a pretty good scouting report on Joel Linton. Um, and it's a spectator's view, duh. And so they had a, a pretty solid review. Um, and I think that Newcastle fans should expect a player that's going to be somewhere in between Iose Perez and Solomon Rondon. Um, and I, this is a hot take, Greg. And so prepare yourself. Cause I don't know if you saw this cause I didn't talk about it in the Slack, but I said at his ceiling, Joel Ellington could be someone who's as dynamic as Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Someone who has the technical ability to play as a winger, as a cam, and as a striker, and relies on his physicality as well as his technical ability in order to create chances for others and score goals from all all types of ways. So 
that's a ceiling, in my opinion. Um, will it happen? I don't know. Will it happen at Newcastle? Probably not. But that's what I think his ceiling is. Uh, it's a we're getting a, a diverse and versatile player who likes to dribble the ball, likes to run at guys, and has proven that he can score in a variety of ways. He's not going to be a one-dimensional scorer. He's not a poacher like Ozzy Perez. He shoots from outside the box. He shoots from inside the box. He heads. He volleys. He does all of it. So I think on paper, Newcastle getting a good player. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I feel more confident about this than some of the other signings we're linked to. I think it's a little bit ridiculous to look at just some of his numbers in the past couple years and uh, – and take that as like, oh, he's going to suck. Because you could do the same thing for Iosi Perez, who is loved by people, who had has literally had only two good seasons in his career, none of which were consistent throughout the year. But I digress. Well, yeah, and, and if, imagine if we had a 22-year-old striker that had 11 goals and 9 assists last year. People would be going nuts for him. Yeah, but not, not today. People um, were like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. This is a 22-year-old striker that had 11 goals and nine assists in the Bundesliga with I his mean, first is, full season good... with Hoffenheim. Let's let's yeah. let's not forget that this is his first full season with the team. He had 11 goals and nine assists, three of yeah, which were in the championship, the Champions League. It, it's really, it's really crazy. So, <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah, and that and that's the thing in the Bundesliga, he had seven goals and five assists, um, but then he scored three goals in. The, the cup, the Pokal. Pokal, yeah, Pokal. and then one in the Champions League, right? Yep, one in the Champions League. So, uh, yeah, like you said, very strong dribbler, like, makes a lot of great key passes, plays a 10, plays a 9, plays a winger. Um, he's really good at holding on to the ball as well because his size is, is big. He, I mean, he's 6'1", uh, yeah, and like 175, I want to say. Yeah. Um, Really good, good hold up play. Not run on, run on the master. So I wouldn't expect it to be that good. But I'll but, say this: I think he's going to be more dangerous on counterattacks than Rondon because he's fast. He's fast and he's he's he dribbles the ball well. It's gonna. I think him with Almiron and then hopefully another winger comes in will be a dangerous kind of attack going forward in terms of you know being able to play counterattacking football. And we could see shades of like that Leicester team that won. The, uh, the Premier League long ago. I'm not saying Newcastle winning the Premier League. I'm just saying that how Newcastle could play going forward um, could be similar to that, where you have a rock-solid defense, solid midfielders, and you just are able to attack people on the counter relentlessly. And I think that if Newcastle make the right moves and bring in the quality winger that we may be linked to, I think that it's possible. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and the... The dynamic part about it is like if you're if we are comparing, uh, if we're if we're comparing Jolentun to Rondon, mm-hmm. then you you could see the hold up play there. But the difference is the face up and dribble ability of Joel Jolentun, along with his pace, mm-hmm. is the difference. Yeah, Rondon wasn't necessarily fast, and he would face you up, and he would still make some like spectacular plays facing you up. But uh, you're, you're going to see the pace come into play. And the pace doesn't necessarily, like, pace is overrated in in football a lot because pace just makes people, like, oh, he has pace. Okay, so he's a fast player. Like, that doesn't mean anything besides the fact that he's fast. You have to still be able to control the ball. And, yeah. and the fact that Joel and Toon can link up that, 
that dribbling play with his pace is a plus. And, and I, I think that's something that, yeah. that we can develop. Yeah, and then you have another guy, Miguel Amaron, who, like, that's his whole game is that yeah. he's fast and the ball is glued to his feet and he's fast. So yeah. I think that you could see, I mean, I'm not going to say you could see shades of the old Amaron, Joseph Martinez thing, but, hey, I mean, you're looking at similar profiles, fast fast guys who are technically good who like to score goals. So I don't know. Um, we'll see. But I'm excited. I'm excited. Greg, what do you think is kind of the biggest worry when you bring in a guy like Joel Linton into the team, a guy who um, has played Bundesliga and he was in the Austrian league and made only a couple appearances in the Brazilian league, um, kind of him making that jump to this next level. What, what are your thoughts on that? Is there any, are there any negatives? Oh, there's a bunch of negatives. And it's, al- it's always – it's the same with any young player coming from overseas to here. It's like can they, can they, can they cope? There's so many changes, like from the weather, from the—I mean, ger- the weather in Germany is very similar to the United States. You have yeah. the four seasons and everything. Now he's not going to see the sun for months. <laughs> so that and being from Brazil, I mean, I think the sun's an important part of his life. Um, so there's going to be a lot of adjustments. The language barrier—I mean, he's not like—I mean, he's obviously spoke Spanish or Portuguese most of his life, and then went to Germany, and now. There's going to be some similarities because you have Javier Manquillo, you have Almiron, you have other people that I'm blanking on. But hey, um, Jesus Gomez still around? Let's get him back in the fold. <laughs> no, yeah, because I was about to say Real Madrid's Hasselu, but yeah. yeah, he's out too. Yeah, we're um, actually we're least... actually lacking in diversity a little bit now. Oh, we got yeah. Akraf Lazard. Let's not forget him. He speaks probably yeah. something French, maybe. Yeah, probably French and Italian, maybe. Yeah, he anyway. definitely. Akram Lazar low key might be like the most like l- like linguistically sound player in Newcastle because I've heard him speak English and he definitely speaks Italian and I think because he's Moroccan I don't know what they speak there but I feel like he also knows French I don't know we'll 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 have to redo some research anyway I'll take things no one cares about for five hundred no yeah <laughs> true um. Yeah, so I, the negatives is just the adjustments and being 22 and um, naive. Yeah, and I'll that say this about be. Steve Bruce. I have some worries when it comes to players with Steve Bruce because I think Rafa very much runs a tight ship, and that was good for some players because it forced them to be disciplined um, like Iosi Perez and, uh, and, I mean, stuck to their roles, and that, that, that benefited – great for like exactly like players like Iose Perez or players like uh like Isaac Hayden who like Rafa was kind of able to unlock their potential because you were kind of stuck to his way of doing things you had to do it Rafa's way that kind of thing but Bruce from what Shelby was saying and kind of the general attitude that I'm I'm getting from how he's interacting with players he's going to allow players to have a little bit more personality um and I don't know if that's going to work out necessarily, but I think that for players like Joel Linton and potentially guys like St. Maximin who could be in the fold, I think it actually might work out well to give them a little bit more freedom because I think, um, especially with South American players and, and players who are very technically sound and like to dribble a lot, giving them the freedom to kind of do them often unlocks the the greatest of their like their abilities like they often are at that great they're, they're greatest when they're able to do whatever they want like Neymar's 
great when he's not tied to any sort of system. Like, when he's playing for Brazil, and they're just like, Neymar, do whatever you want, that's when Neymar's magic seems to happen all the time. So maybe that could be replicated here, and maybe that's the only positive you could take from Steve Bruce is that he's more of a player's manager than Rafa. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious to see how, how things work out, and I think that's one of the positives that that does come with Steve Bruce. Oh, yeah. So I want to leave with one wonderful quote from uh, Joel Lynn Toon. Mm. And it's about Steve Bruce. Okay. This is what he said. I'm really excited about to be here. Very happy. We've just met and we'll be getting to know each other each other day in, day out now. <laughs> what is, I'm trying what to, it, it was uh yeah it was an interesting translation there he seems like a great guy a father figure as we say in brazil <laughs> a father fi- that's that's something they only say in brazil yeah uh well and probably the first time anybody's called steve Ruth a, a father figure i get author but father figure yes yeah, that's a, that's a lot um <laughs> can i say one more thing or is that the quote is that it yeah, that's it. I just uh, I'll say one more thing is so uh, Newcastle released a behind the scenes video of uh, of the Joel and Into- Joel and Tune uh, like announcement and one of the funniest moments. If you haven't seen it, I think I retweeted on the Coming Home Newcastle main account and we'll 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 retweet it on the CHN Radio account. But one of the the funniest things is that when Joel and Tune and uh, and Steve Bruce first meet. Joel Linton hints him with the fake handshake and comes back out. And Steve Bruce just looks like genuinely confused. And it's just like, I'm glad that we have the awkward white guy relationship between Steve Bruce and, and our in our 40 million pound signing. So that's something yeah. to look forward to. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't have a father figure without being awkward. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's just something that can't happen. Mm. All right, so next thing I want to move to is there's a lot of heavy links with another player uh, who would also break our previous transfer record if we signed him. True. Um, not not the Joel Not the current team, one, the previous one. But the previous one, which is Almiron. Um, yeah, so Alan Saint-Maximin. Maximin? Maximin, Maximin. I think, because it's I-M-I-N. So I think it's Alan Saint-Maximin. Uh, we'll come up. We'll try to come up with a nickname on that. I think there's a lot of opportunities there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so just a little recap about him. So he's French international, born and raised there. He's a right winger, uh, but we'll, he'll also play as a center forward and a left on the left side, but primarily heavier on the right. Mm-hmm. So he is currently at Nice. Uh, he, yeah, was it? No, I think it was two years ago. Actually, he left Monaco for Nice. Interesting player. He played. Th- he had 34 appearances for Nice last year and had six goals and five assists. Like that's Matt Ritchie numbers, in my opinion, in a league that's way inferior. But yeah. I. So I'll be honest. I don't know a ton about him. As oh, like, as uh, I haven't seen a lot. I haven't seen a lot of Nice matches. Oh, I can uh, tell. Watching. I can tell you some it. stuff. Well, I, I can tell you this, and and then we'll have you dive in very strong once again dribbling of course Uh, i've heard almost too much yeah he's good at key passes but he is awful miserable defensively yes all those things Uh, are exactly right 
He likes to shoot from distance, and he's albeit counter, not well, he's a counter-attacking gangster. Yes, like he is deadly on the counter. Yes, go Elijah. Um, so you were completely spot on in a lot you said. He has the number one, like, and everyone's throwing this around. Uh, the whole he's in your in all of Europe. He was like he had the most successful dribbles of any player, which is like. Regardless of how you think of the player, that is a good stat to have in your back pocket. But then again, he also probably attempted the most dribbles of any player in Europe last season because he dribbles the ball a lot. So you got that going for you. He is terrible defensively. He is obviously dangerous on the counter with his speed. Um, him and Joel Linton, actually, this is actually not. This was brought up to me by someone else who um, who. Is not who's a Tottenham fan, but like knows that I write about Newcastle. They brought up that both of them had futures cards on FIFA, so that's something to. They both were beasts on FIFA this year in terms of Ultimate Team. So if you're into that, I guess buy their cards. I don't know, but here's the interesting thing about Saint Maxman. So um, one of the reasons why Nice um, dropped their their asking price for him is an attitude problem, which. Um, was an interesting thing because the original asking price was like 45 million pounds not no not pounds uh 40, 45 million euros which is what like 38 39 pound million pounds i don't know um and it got dropped all the way down to like 24 million euros um which would be about 22 i don't know i don't know math we'll just figure it out later um but anyway um it was dropped due to a reportedly an attitude issue and this attitude issue um arose because essentially Vieira played Maxman as a center forward when Maxman wanted to play as a right winger. So that explains his weird numbers because I think when he was playing as a winger, he got those five assists, but then he was moved to center forward and got those six goals. So it was just, it was an awkward scenario for him and that didn't sit well with either player and of course Vieira. So that's why they're looking to move on. He's an interesting signing, and I think what would worry me is that his his defensive work rate, of course, um, especially in the Premier League where like everyone has to defend, and I think that's one of those things where he's either going to like learn that really quickly or never learn it, and there's not going to be any in between. So he could turn out to be a really good player or like an absolute pain in the ass to watch because he doesn't track back. Or he becomes a really good player because he figures out, okay, well, in the Premier League, that's not league, eh, not the Farmers League. I actually have to play defense in order to keep my spot. So this is one of those where it's like, if he were under Rafa Benitez, like he wouldn't play until he learns how to defend. But under Steve Bruce, he might play every match. So um, that's kind of all I have on him. He's an interesting prospect. Um, he certainly would get along with the Akraf Lazar DeAndre Yedlin crowd of like trendy tattoos and hoop earrings and like wearing tight jeans because he wears he wears a Gucci headband like that is that's his thing like a Gucci headband while playing which is that is something which is Gucci yeah it's 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 it it shows he has character that's the only nice thing I can say about that yeah (laughs) But that's a weird one. Uh, we'll see if it happens. People think it's going to happen because we have been linked to Joel Linton and Maxman for since April. Shout out to the Chronicle. They've actually had that link since April for both players. And everyone was like, you're idiots. 
But, I mean, now well, it's kind of looking somewhat true. Yeah, and as Luke Edwards would say, what a signing for that Steve Bruce made uh, for Joel, Joel Tune and the eventual obvious signing that Steve Bruce made for Alan St. Max. So, congrats. <laughs> yeah, to congrats Steve to Steve Bruce. Yeah. There was some uh, guy earlier that was Steve like... Steve Bruce, the Newcastle United scouting legend. Yeah, there was a dude earlier who was like... When I announced, I wrote earlier that Bruce, that Joel Linton, like he wrote like two days ago that Joel Linton would be Newcastle's first signing in the Bruce era. People ridiculed him, and I literally was like, no one ridiculed you. Like the Chronicle's been reporting about Joel Linton since April. Like it, no one, everyone was just busting your balls because everyone was like, oh, it's being announced last Friday. Like I don't know, it's it's dumb, but they do have the same agent, so I would be shocked if. I mean, considering how toxic the situation is in Nice, if uh, if Newcastle's not on the radar for St. Maximin, and hey, we'll know by Saturday, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we are going to move into more of the news. We're going to start. We're going to talk about the trip to China. Uh, there's there will be some takes there. Um, we'll talk about Sheffield Wednesday. We'll talk about a guy who just really wanted to make the headlines, Carl Carl Darlow. We'll talk about him, um, and we'll get you into some lesser, like, known news. It's the Greg news, the stuff he loves to talk the, about. The Greg news, and then, uh, but we're and we're going to get into that right after this break. All right, ladies and gents, we're going to talk about China uh, because we haven't yet. <laughs> um, so it was a, I would say it's a successful trip for newcastle because they scored a goal uh you owe me five bucks not only yeah it's the five bucks that you're going to use for the next review (laughs) yeah um the not only is it wasn't successful because we scored a goal but we won a game yeah oh and we got a manager all while in china i I didn't yeah i didn't know i didn't like when i asked you and brian the question i was like i it didn't even cross my mind to ask would we win it was like would we score and to be and, fair, I didn't think we would win either. I, I yeah. said that. I said, we'll score a goal, but I don't think we'll win a game. <laughs> and we did, so. Yeah, and, and we did. So let, let's talk about the first one. Uh, we're not going to, like, we don't, I don't think that people want us to dive in on these, but we'll at least mention it. Um, did, did you even watch any of them? I know no, it was super early. Dude, it was like, I, would, I woke up one day at, like, 8 a.m., and the West Ham game was over, and I was like, well... Yeah, this is the earliest was, I'm waking up to. Like, <laughs> I was on the East Coast, and I was thinking when the game started, when the West Ham game started, it would have been midnight in Vegas. Yeah, so I was like, "That's wild!" <laughs> like I could have literally not have gone to bed and watched the game. Um, but yeah, so the the first match was against Wolves. Uh, we got we got shredded, uh, absolutely shredded, four nothing. It was three nothing at halftime, um, and then uh, <laughs> I feel so bad for you, Thomas Allen. His first ever appearance with the senior team, and he gives up an own goal 20 minutes into his debut. Which, to be expected, um, we didn't run any sort of system. It was just no, like, no, hey, yo, we're... if you're out there, just do whatever. <laughs> Figure it yeah, out. Yeah, there was, there was nothing going on there at all. Um, you know, pretty impressive. There's actually a pretty decent contingent of Toonarmy China. What yeah, up, to Army China, and they That's sang awesome. the the Mike Ashley song, and there was like, yeah, there was a actually a pretty famous Twitter clip. I'm sure you saw this of mm-hmm. Steve Bruce saying like, they're saying this here in China. What's it going to be like in Newcastle or something along those lines? 
about yeah. uh, their anti-Ashley chants. So shout out to, yeah. to Toon Army China. We out here. And if you want to come on the pod, hit us up. Oh, yeah. I This is very naive of me, I'm sure. But like, can they even listen to like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anything? Is that available? I think Spotify is in China. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, I'm, yeah. How at us, Toon Army China. They'll just be That'd like be three episodes awesome. behind. Shout out to Libsyn. No, 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 no. We're updated now. No, we're updated now. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so the scores for Wolves, yeah, Jota scored twice, 15th and 40th minute. Gibbs White scored in the 32nd. And as I mentioned, Thomas Allen gave up an own goal in his debut. Um, so the the I'll just go through the list of players that played. Um, and then do you have any standouts from this game or did, were Dude, you able I, to see any of it? No. Okay, um, and then I'll just go yeah. through a quick little quick little thing on uh, for me. So Darlow started uh, the, uh, the starting lineup for Newcastle: Darlow, Starry, Lascelles, Clark, Lazar, Hayden, Shelby in the defensive mid, Colback. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, I had to laugh there. Uh, Jacob Murphy, Matt Ritchie, and Yoshinori Muto. Um, the subs came on: Freddie Woman. Javier Manquillo, Federico Fernandez, Kellen Watts, my boy, Rolando Aarons, Key, Owen Bailey, Maddie Longstaff, Lil Longstaff as I'll call him for now, Thomas Allen, and the Danish Prince, Elias Sorensen. He he almost scored. Yeah, and I was going to say he was my standout player for the game. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll do just... the same because, uh, yeah, he almost scored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He did almost score. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty miserable, and that's that's about all the update for you there. But to be uh, expected. The, yeah, definitely. So in between, the fir- there was only one day in between their first game and their second game, and we hired Bruce, and Bruce actually – or we actually hired Bruce the day of the loss, and then Bruce flew to China the next day and then did a training session and watched the second match from the stands. Um, and it was a surprise because we actually won. One to nothing, as I said, with the only goal coming from Muto in the 34th minute. Um, it was pretty nifty from Muto. I'm very happy with it. Uh, it was Isaac Hayden. He had a beautiful passes from uh, central midfield to, to the left side to Jamie Sterry, or the right side to Sterry, and Sterry had a nasty cross. Like, give me more of that, Jamie Sterry. Uh, and it, it was wide open, Muto, in the middle of the box, un- completely unmarked, about 8 to 10 yards out, and just not a bit home. So, great goal. Can't hate that. Um, do you have – I'll go through the list again, and then do you have anything, any standouts here? Did, were you able to see any? Yeah, so I watched a little bit of the highlights. I And, I mean, you go through the list, and I'll, I'll give my thoughts afterwards. Okay. So, Dubrovka, Sterry, Cher, Lascelles, Clark, Richie, Kolbeck, Hayden, Shelby, Uto, and the Danish Prince, Elias Sorensen. Uh, the substitutes, we had Mankio, Fernandez, Key, Murphy, Sean Longstaff, Lazar, Lil Longstaff, and Rolando Ahrens. Go. Yeah, uh, Muto. I mean, he scored, but, but also just like... Looking at some of the chances that were created, his movement as a number nine was actually very solid. So it'd be interesting to see if he's actually kind of pushed back in that role. 
I feel like Rafa played him as a second striker, but a lot of the times he was in that cam role early on in the season. It kind of felt like Rafa couldn't figure out how to use him, and I think that his craftiness in terms of his runs in behind would lend him to be a pretty decent number nine off the bench and potentially better than Dwight Gale, so... Why not give him that shot? I don't know if playing. I don't know if the winger experiment needs to continue. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, another it, just something of significance. Uh, it was the first time that Maddie Longstaff and Sean Longstaff played together for the senior team. Pretty awesome. And, and that was throwback to that time I said. I asked you on the podcast, do you think Maddie Longstaff will ever make a senior team appearance? And then he he's made two. Well, I are we counting friendlies? Uh, okay, fair, fair. But also, I'll say this: Maddie Longstaff is absolutely adorable. I just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> he is legitimately adorable. So I just wanted to just throw that out there. He's like a he's like a little mini Sean, like a like a like a little doll version of him. That's Ginger. Oh. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to point out is Jacob Murphy. Not his play at all, but did you notice Jacob Murphy's jersey? No. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised. Um, we were going to have to clip this. Uh, I'll send you the picture. We'll have to clip it, and anytime he does something this season, we'll just have to post this picture. But it's just the back of his jersey. His name is spelled... M-U-R-H-P-Y. Oh, I did see that. I did see Mur-hippie. that. Mur-hippie. Mur-hippie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't um, do anything, so it wasn't that relevant. Oh, no, no, no. burn. He did. Got him. He did. Um, all right, moving on from China. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday is now our focus. So Sheffield Wednesday is actually going – they have reported Newcastle to the Premier League. So there's a lot of speculation as to what this means. And something else came out about it, too. You you go first. Um, so the latest that we're hearing is that um, that someone that, that, like, in the midst of negotiating, someone released that to Newcastle that Steve, Steve Bruce's release clause was $3.5 million, um, which... I guess allowed them to bypass negotiating with Sheffield Wednesday, which Sheffield Wednesday is deeming unfair. I don't really know why it's unfair, but that's what they're saying. Yeah, they're investigating whether or not Newcastle were told how to activate the release clause. Which you, you're not supposed to have because it's tampering. If you if you go to the client or the agent and they say, "Oh yeah, it's three and a half," just throw it in there and they have no choice um that's considered tampering and that that could be an issue yeah but um, also like it's kind of messed up because it's like what's the point of having a release clause if it's not someone it's not something anyone can publicly pay like if the if the really if they had been like if you're negotiating and you're like we won't take less than five million but the release clause is 3.5 million that's like that's your own fault for making the release clause that low. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but like the but purpose of say, release clause is to bypass negotiations. That's the whole reason you have it. It's to protect well, yeah, whoever. But if you, 
yeah. if you say that we won't take less than five mil and the team box and walks away, then you've kept your player, your manager, even though the release cost was way less. It's true, but I feel like all the time you just see like, regardless of the player's value, someone pays the release cost. Like, um, like Jim, like Benjamin Pavard is a good example where it's like he just was like one of the heroes of the World Cup, and his release cost was like fifteen million pounds. And regardless of how much Stuttgart, I think he was playing. What is he playing for? No, Leverkusen. Yeah. Leverkusen. No, he was he was playing for Stuttgart. Yeah, Stuttgart. And Leverkusen That's did the wild. same thing. Leverkusen had like stupidly low release clauses. Like regardless of what his release, what his value is, his release clause is fifteen million. So you have to pay that if you're. Like, well, he. It, it's not. Well, yeah. This is a whole other thing, but literally Stuttgart bought him for like two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. The fifteen mil release clause was probably normal, and he just outplayed it. It's true. I mean, I don't know how much Steve Bruce is making at Sheffield Wednesday, but I know it's nowhere near a million. So, yeah. Because well, <laughs> there's so there's interesting because it won't it won't come to this, but just to go on the speculation is it is possible that this could be a points reduction, but it, it's not going to be. Because um, you're not going to be able to prove it unless literally somebody from Newcastle is like, yeah, yeah, we broke the rules. Like that's the only way they'll be able to prove it, and they won't be able to. I just um, think and even if they, if somebody did even say that, I still don't think it would come to that. So, yeah. There are people who are I, saying the punishment should just be to remove Mike Ashley as an owner, and so that would be great. Maybe it comes to that. I wouldn't hate that. Yeah, that would be great. Mm. Uh, and just to. I'll, I'll just read the statement from Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, said, and this was on Monday night. Um, said, following Newcastle United's announcement on the 17th of July of its appointment of former Sheffield Wednesday staff Steve Bruce, Steve Agnew, and Stephen Clements. I guess Steve has the thing for Steve. Um, the club confirms that it has today reported Newcastle United's conduct to the Premier League. As the Premier League will now initiate and carry out investigations into the club allegations the club will not be commenting further on this matter while such investigations are ongoing the end fun all right so moving on to the next thing elijah uh-huh let's talk about carlo darlo oh <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you didn't hear we're not talking about his china performance i mean we're talking about well, were you going to say something? I just, I mean, when's the last time we talked about a car dollar performance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Well, ne- right now is when. Yeah. Because Carl Darlow kicked a man in the face. <laughs> it's true. That whole story oh, yeah. is so funny, though. A 3 a.m. fight after <laughs> after Shelby was called something that we're not going to repeat. But it's um, just like, <laughs> it's all, that whole situation is so funny, though. Yo, it is actually hilarious because, <laughs> all right, so so let me read you just some s- snippets. And, Elijah, I want you to have a full tactical breakdown of this, please. Yeah. Okay? All right, here we go. So, <laughs> so John, Joe, and Carlo were Carlo. <laughs> actually, that's what his new name now. His new name is Carlo Darlo is officially Carlo. Carlo. It, it's, all yeah. right. He's, it's a, he's a Jersey Shore bro. Carlo. You <laughs> yeah. don't want to mess with him. Carl, Carlo were involved in a late night brawl outside a pizza restaurant. Was it the same one as Mike Ashley took him to? Maybe. Maybe. Um, after Shelby was taunted and called something about him being bald. Um, 
Shelby this is <laughs> suffers from part. a disease. Who <laughs> he suffers from a disease, and uh, he responded to the statement saying, to, "Go back to your council house, you peasant." <laughs> It's like John go back to your council house, you peasant. He's he's been watching too much Game of Thrones. Is what's going on. That is like yeah, yo, that is. It's like I can't tell if that's like a really bad comeback or really good because of how bad it is. It was amazing. I I just I but yeah, it got uh it got out of hand from there. As a friend of Carlo, uh, got into it, I guess, and. Started started throwing the punch, but then Carlo got in with a nice little kick to the face, just like we always wanted from Carlo, just to show some fight, and he bashed this man in. Uh, Elijah Newsom, give us your tactical breakdown. Yeah, so I think what's interesting to me here is that uh, that the, the Daily Mail, who wrote this article, focused a lot on the apparel of all the people involved. Because they go like, they talk about, they're like, Darlo, who's wearing a black hoodie, shorts, and white trainers, appears to aim a kick at a man who had been shoved to the ground after punches were thrown. And he goes, Shelby, who's wearing a white cap and designer slider flip-flops, tries to force his way in the brawl. And it's like, some of that stuff was not necessary because it's they're both easily recognizable in this video, but lo and behold, the Daily Mail felt the need to describe everything that they were wearing. Um, I think, like looking at it from a tactical perspective, Darlow did what he can, do, what he does best, which is kick the ball. I mean, like if you're if you play football, you might as well use your feet because that's probably the best the best trait you have. So I can't be mad at the way he went. Usually, you know, as a as a man who who respects the code of fighting, you don't kick when you're fighting someone. But because that's your strength, I'll let it slide, Cardalo. And shout out to John Joe Shelby because he knew that he 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 can't afford to get in fights because you know he has a role on the team and Carl doesn't really like Carl can get in as many fights as he wants because he's going to be the backup keeper. So shout out to John Joe for staying out of it kind of and not really getting involved, and Carl for stepping up because he he knew he could take that. And it's not going to be a big deal because he's not going to play regardless. So um, I don't know. I feel like it's also weird that the Daily Mail chose to 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 put that John Joe Shelby earned seventy k a week when John Joe literally did nothing wrong in the situation. Like he didn't even curse. So it's just weird to try to paint him as a villain when like he literally did nothing. Um, so yeah, Craig Hope, good job. And people were roasting him on Twitter for putting this article out. Like he was getting he got ratioed um it was bad on one of his tweets so uh yeah that was uh that was interesting <laughs> it was just okay go back to your council house you peasant that that is, i mean that's a line for that's the ages. that's the We're title to... of this episode chn radio <laughs> yeah. episode 70 go back to your council house you peasants oh Roll my credit. gosh Plus Jolinton signing. <laughs> yeah, plus Jolinton signing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make it the second fiddle. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's all we have on that. A um, couple Greg t- tidbits for you. We'll gloss this one over. Mm. Uh, Liam Liam Gibson, he's going on loan to Grimsby Town. Uh, so Shola strikes again. 
Liam, uh, so, and if people are wondering, probably not because not many people care about this stuff, but I'm just going to pretend people are wondering. If people are wondering how I feel about Chola's appointment so far, it's just, we won't know until players start playing. Um, cause the problem was that they would get loaned out and not play. But Liam Gibson is a 22 year old left back, uh, going down to league two. He's been on loan before in Accrington, um, twice, I think. Yeah. No. I don't know. Just once. So we'll see. Good luck, Liam. Um, next bit of news is some international updates. Mm. We had a U23 player. He's actually in Ireland's U19s, Oyson McKenty. Um, doing pretty good for, for the young lad. He So they're doing the European Championships right now. The U19s are. And... Um, Boyson is well. He was he was called up, which is awesome, right? To get into that point, but um, he's actually playing, which is fantastic. Ideal. Um, he's playing the full ninety minutes. They're they're going to be runners up in their group, so they're going to face Portugal in the semifinals, um, and, and, and like the semifinal tie for their group, or I mean for the knockout round. What am I even talking about? Uh, so good job, Boyson, and then. Henri Save, yes, he's still a Newcastle player. Uh, brought Senegal to the final of the African Cup of Nations. It was him, not, not anyone else in that team. They don't that Sadio Mane was, character wasn't important at all. Who 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 is that? Yeah, Sa- exactly. He Sa- Sa- was all Save. Yeah. Um, so Save uh, took his team, uh, led his team, put the team on his back. Nay, Nay willed his team to the finals mm. of the African Nations Just Cup. Just dragged them. <laughs> <laughs> um, he played. He started. Played the. He played. He up started to the every match. Minute. Like he's like he's yep. like a key role player on that team. It's insane. Yep. Uh, but unfortunately, Senegal still has to go another year without ever winning this trophy. Uh, it was a. I mean, the the better team won, but it was very close. I don't even and, know if the better team won, like on yeah, paper. I think so. Like I think, I think on, so. like during the match, definitely like like Riyad Mahrez's Algerian team is very good, uh, but and I, Islam Slimani, yeah, my dude. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's so great. He came in for like four minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's bad when Islam Slimani's not getting minutes on his national team when he was a Premier League player. But anyway, um, like on paper, this Senegal team actually has some some pretty decent talent in terms of like up-and-coming names in, in Europe, so it's kind of a little bit shocking that they didn't put up much more of a fight. I mean, it was a 1-0 loss, to be fair, so, um, but, but yeah, hey, shout-out to Rian Mars, who actually put the team on his back. He's, like, he's, like, scored all the important goals for Algeria during that tournament. Easily the best yep. tournament. If you're not familiar with the Af- the African Cup of Nations tournament, like, it's probably the best tournament of all of the tournaments because everyone just plays balls to the wall football and it's hilarious. So check that out. Yeah. Next, next, next time it happens. <laughs> yeah. Next time. All right. So we're going to take, uh, Oh, actually, no, we're not going to take a break because we're going to look ahead to this week for Newcastle. So it will be interesting because this will be our first time getting a full week of training ahead. Kind Well, I guess kind of, because some of the players are coming back, but we should have everyone reporting back. Yeah, like Henri Save, like his long-awaited debut for Newcastle. He'll be back. Yeah, uh, Al Lazar will be back. Will be back. He's Al Al Lazar well, with no, no. You gotta give. He was on vacation today. He was in Disney World 
in Paris today. So, oh yeah, well they gave they gave the players from China some time well, off. So hey, that's, and that's, that's, fine. that's good. We need more Akraf Lazar Instagram content. I, <laughs> yeah. I love that guy on Instagram. He's great. But everyone will be back. Um, so we're going to see pictures of Yedlin. Yedlin's been back from injury, so um, you'll see see him training and just like really getting used to the Steve Bruce uh, style. And I'm sure it's going to be a shock <laughs> from. From Rafa, so this will be this this friendly coming up will be their first actual our first actual look in to see what Newcastle United might look like, and, um, yeah. and that will be this coming Saturday at Preston North End. Do you have any thoughts about this at all? Yeah, I, I mean my my thoughts are very much rooted in the John Joe Shelby comments because John Joe Shelby made it seem like Steve Bruce is it's going to be what. It's going to be interesting because it's going to be what a bunch of Newcastle fans on Twitter were asking for when Newcastle were bunkering down against Man City and Liverpool and stuff, where it's like we were, you know, playing for goal differential and trying to lose one nothing or two one, and players were in their strict roles of defending and stuff. And Steve Bruce seems to be like seems to want to do the exact opposite and give players freedom and let them attack. And so we'll see how it goes. We could either get blown out every game. Or we might actually have some fun. So I'm curious to see how it works. I'm curious to see Joel Linton. Joel Joel in Joel Inton. Joel Inton. Joel Inton. Yeah. And uh, Miguel Almiron because I think that could be a nice little partnership. Um so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to those two, honestly. And what Steve Bruce actually runs. Will he run a five in the back? Will he run four, two, three, one? Who knows? We'll see. We'll find out. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Alright. So now we'll take a break. Um, and we're, you're going to hear some beautiful messages from other people, and we're going to come back with your questions. All right, so we got some questions, and actually, the we're going to, if you don't mind, Elijah, mm-hmm. uh, we'll start with some, some Reddit questions. How's that sound? Okay. I mean, I really, you could have just read the questions. I wouldn't have known, so. Okay, so you don't mind. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> Who are, is, are these from Facebook? What are, what are these? <laughs> what is a Reddit? <laughs> Have have we read it? All right, that was bad. All right, so um, some U dash O D H one four one two. Who has a higher paint budget than Newcastle? Can't be that many. And you know, <laughs> I have. I know question one. there. Uh, you d- do Yifeng, because they've invested like three hundred million in their like. Uh, <laughs> they have this new complex they're building, so their paint budget yeah. must be huge. Yes, yes. It's and big. It's big enough for Rafa to leave. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, nobody in the Premier League has a paint budget like ours. Now, yeah. I will say, it looks sick. It does it look sick too. Really good. And no. and the interior <laughs> looks sick too, because like I was looking at those videos of Jolinton walking through Newcastle and Joel got, in tune. Yeah. I'm never going to say it right. But, oh, no, we're getting this. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Um, I was watching him walk through, like, the interior of Newcastle, through the players' on and stuff, and there are some dope-ass murals they have up of, like, Sir Bobby and, like, some other guys. Yeah. It's, just, it's actually, like, hey, I get Mike Ashley, like, taking the cheap way out and not building but renovating um, because it actually looks cool. So, sh- shout-out to Mike Ashley. Yay. Um, no, don't. No, okay. what are you doing? Sorry. You're not shouting out Mike Ashley on this podcast. That's okay. unacceptable. All right, actually. don't shout out Mike Ashley. <laughs> Mike Ashley, you suck. We take yes, rescind yes. shout out. Yeah. Yeah, rescind shout out now. Um, 
we're anti Mike Ashley podcast. I think what happened was I think because I remember the the Chronicle I think put an article out that they had interviewed like the groundskeeper uh, that like the head of facilities for Newcastle, and he was talking about how like all this stuff was promised to him and it just like never happened, and that oh, article yeah. like blew up. I think that's what this is all is. Is like he had said all these things. They're like, yeah, they promised that we'd redo the interior and do fresh painting, but like it's been five years and then none of that happened. And so I think that's really what this is the result. Well, of. no, now now we know what to expect. So the next time we get like a pretty good manager, mm-hmm. like let's just let's just get him out of Newcastle quickly. Yeah, so that way we can start spending on players and updating facilities. Yeah, let's like we're, next thing you know, Newcastle are going to actually start building their new uh, training facility. Like when we sign Mourinho in like two years, let's let's just like make it like a three month appointment. Well, B- Mourinho's like not coming and... here unless it's BZG, bro, because you know they're tight, according yeah, to the, the outlets. Yeah, sure. What a joke. Um, <laughs> next question from you, Purple Side. Yes, Purple Side. What are the realistic goals for this season? I'll just give mine, and it's survival. Yeah, I mean that's kind of survival it. and. And that would mean two players need to score ten goals. I, I think my realistic goal, I'll, I'll say survival. But my realistic, realistic goal for the club is to get rid of Mike Ashley. Oh, my god! Like, I mean, that I think. Is, that just makes me happy to hear. I think, I think there's only so much you can expect from the team. I think everyone's in that mode of, all right, Newcastle's looking for survival. And luckily, like, the bottom of the Premier League this season is pretty bad. Like, Brighton doesn't look like they're going to be better. Uh, Southampton doesn't look like they've made any improvements. Um, Aston Villa potentially could be better. I mean, Sheffield United, I doubt they survive. So, I mean, to be fair, it looks like survival is not completely out of the question because I think Newcastle genuinely have better players than a lot of the clubs I just mentioned. But the real goal should be to get Mike Ashley out. And this is this is... This is the season to do what all the supporters groups and everyone wants to say they'll do because there's no, we need to, let's support Rafa. There's none of that because Rafa's not here. Like, we have Steve Bruce, and he's not great. He's not a great manager by any means. And, I mean, the team might be okay, but I don't think they're going to be good enough to warrant you canceling a boycott. So, I don't know. This is the the put up or shut up kind of period for Newcastle fan clubs. And if you want to get rid of Mike Ashley, this is the season to do it. Yep. Um, next question: U Dash Hodella ninety nine. Uh, it's kind of loaded, but I'll just break it down into one sentence. Why should we care about Newcastle United while Ashley's in charge? Uh, my my response to this is like it, everybody everybody has a right to do whatever they want like uh, I've been open about my stance that I'm pro boycotting the club uh, as an American it's pretty tough as American with a Newcastle United podcast it's pretty tough um, and it would be bad for business I think our superiors would not like it if the podcast just no longer recorded yeah <laughs> um, true. Um, and there's really like there's we're 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 in a little bit of a different situation um, but I'm, I'm in support of people doing what they feel is necessary. And yeah, that's pretty much my stance. Yeah, Greg, you're going to have to label this explicit. Um, I think from Greg and I's perspective, we've both had shitty owners and the other teams that we support and have supported for longer than Newcastle. So this isn't that new to us. Like 
Greg's had shitty owners in multiple in multiple of his teams, and he's seen teams perform far worse. I mean, he went through an era where his basketball team was legitimately a record-breakingly bad NBA team. So, like, he's seen the worst of the worst in all the other sports he supported, and I'm in the same boat. I mean, a lot of my teams have sucked. I've had agony. I've had terrible owners. So, I don't think for both of us, this isn't a new feeling, and so... I think that's something that a lot of Newcastle fans, especially ones who've been fans for a while, this is something that's kind of difficult to grasp for them, is this whole Ashley era. But for a lot of the American fans, like this is the norm in sports. It's a part of sports, is bad owners. Bad owners, bad coaches, bad players. It's it's a part of being a fan. So I think for us, it's like, we're going to continue to be fans in our own ways, and we're going to let people do whatever they want to do. But I mean... Like Greg said, SP Nation hired us to do this podcast, so it'd be kind of ridiculous for us to boycott um, as a podcast covering the club. And we, like, whether you like it or not, and you can aim this at the Chronicle, when you sign a contract, you have a journalistic duty to cover the team. And so we're going to cover the team regardless. And even some of, and like, we've been open about this on our podcast. There are members of our of our of our coming home Newcastle fam who are like not really that supportive of the club at the moment, but they recognize that they signed on SB Nation to write about Newcastle, and they're going to continue to write about it even if they aren't happy with the current situation. Um, and so we have our platform. We're going to continue to push out content and support the bo- the boycotts and support all the movements that the fans are doing. But I mean, that's why we're still in it. That is why. Yeah. We've also um, seen way worse in certain scenarios. <laughs> like, uh, Greg has seen a lot. I mean, RIP. <laughs> um, the l- last question from Reddit, and then you can take over reading, uh, Elijah. Okay. Uh, it's from you-captain underscore Morgan. Uh, which Premier League teams do you genuinely feel are worse than Newcastle? So I, Well, I said that, just, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll say mine. Uh, the right now, the team that I think is, or <laughs> I kind of gave it away, the team that is worse than Newcastle United is Norwich City. Um, the rest are toss-ups, and I, I would I would not say this if Rafa was our manager, because I think that the toss-ups we win. But right now, right now, as the team is in its current state. We're the 19th best team in the Premier League. Okay, I'd say Norwich is worse than us. I'd say Sheffield is worse than us. I don't buy Sheffield United as being a good team, um, but I'd say it's kind of a fight for the death between Brighton, Southampton, um, and us, depending on how Burnley is, because Burnley, we've seen, is not great, but they always find a way to somehow finish mid-table. Um, so maybe them, but they also have guys who are linked to leave the club. So we don't know. Um, including one, James McNeil, who is linked to Newcastle anyway. So I, I genuinely think Norwich and Sheffield United are just not good and that they'll go down immediately. Um, they also, I don't really see, I haven't seen them make any improvements that are substantial. Aston Villa seems like they're going the Fulham route and they've invested a lot of money in a different players. But then again, I'm just not sure if, you know, the rest of their team is up to scruff. Like, I think Newcastle spending 40 million pounds on a striker 
is fine because the midfield is somewhat solid and the defense is solid. So it makes sense to spend 40 mil on a striker, or 36 mil, whatever the number is. Um, but, you know, when you're at Aston Villa and you don't know how your your defense compares to Premier League defense, I don't know if it's wise to spend $45 million on a striker or $35 million on a winger or whatever their, their numbers are. So um, we'll see. We'll see. But, I mean, I genuinely think there's two teams worse than us, and the rest are kind of toss-ups. All right. And do you have some questions, Elijah? Um, I mean, yeah, we can we can do that. Let's do some questions. Um, so this one is from... Uh, Mile Hall Jordy, who is definitely not Rawson in America. Definitely not. So if you think it's him, it's most definitely not him. So I had to get that off my chest. Um, he says, how terrified are you for the new season? Honestly, not really. I'm ready for it to start. So, Greg, are you terrified? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite take. Uh, you know, I don't. I, I don't want to get relegated again, and there's not much like with even with the Jolinton Jolin oh man I did it Jolinton signing uh, I don't think it's enough to keep us up. We there's so many weak links on this team right now um, that were bandaged over with a world class manager that I don't know could be covered up as well, and I could be proven wrong, and I've been proven wrong many times and many things, but yeah I'm. Definitely petrified for the season to start. I think it's going to be a pretty bad opening day as of right now. Cool. If you want to follow him, it's at my Jordy. It's uh, interesting content, um, to say the least. Uh, one Lost Muffin asks, uh, two, two-parter, he says, with the tune seemingly split in half in the wake of Rafa's departure and the supporters' trust still in its infancy, should international news in UFC supporters pick a side in this debate despite not being able to make much of an impact? The debate being, is it better to boycott the club until Ashley leaves versus is it better to keep a stiff upper lip and roll with the punches in hope of attracting a buyer? Um, this is a very loaded question, but essentially it's a, it's kind of what what um, has been the main talking point of this podcast since the boycotts were announced last season is how do you support or how, how do you be a fan abroad if you're Newcastle because you obviously like boycotting doesn't really do much if you're American because um like one last muffin has said and like we said on this podcast, I mean, you cannot watch Newcastle on TV all you want, but the money's already been paid to Newcastle, so it's weird. So, um I think it's it's tough because I personally and this is being completely honest and I know we've had the supporters trust on there, I'm still not sure the supporters trust is better than billions of dollars because like, I just don't have that much faith in Newcastle fans in order to raise enough money to pay for players. That's just my personal opinion. So right now, I'm going to continue to cover Newcastle as a club and continue to support boycotts because I do know that I do think that boycotts can be impactful. But I don't know if there's any additional action that I'm going to take as a fan abroad then you know, in order to drastically change how I how I follow the club or how I cover the club, like I'm going to still watch the matches, I'm going to still, um, you know, be involved on Twitter with Newcastle Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I, I don't think there's anything I'm personally going to do, and I don't know if anything if there's anything anyone else in America should really do. I mean, boycotting's not going to do much for you. So I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I've said this a couple times on this podcast. Do whatever you think is necessary, and I think you're right. Like, you're, if you think that 
boycotting and not watching the matches is is the right calls and just just do it like don't worry about what anybody else thinks just do what you think is necessary for newcastle and for you to be to continue to be a fan um that's that's all we could really ask for so um yeah whatever you think is necessary it, you, should, you should go that route <laughs> and, and to be fair um like there's there's ways i mean like greg and i both are very much fans of getting your jerseys from dh gate rather than buying them from the club so that's easily something you can do and it's cost effective so also three retro is great um they've got some of the dope retro gear for 30 pounds which is half the price of the current newcastle jerseys and they all look better so um actually hit up three retro um that's a free advertisement for them they've got some really good deals with newcastle kits um, so we'll go to the next question. Um, this is from Toon Army Denver. They say predictions for Jolinton's first goal, which match? Um, Arsenal, first match of the year. Duh, it's happening. Book it. Throw five on it right now. Put a fiver. Jolinton scores that match. Um, at Norwich, second match. Mm. <laughs> okay, cool. And then uh, <laughs> SM... <laughs> Smicultra. We're just gonna say we're gonna say it wrong. Uh, Don, uh, you can follow him at Smicultra. SMC uh, Ultra. Uh, What up, Don? Don, uh, familiar friend of the program. Glad to see you back asking questions, buddy. Um, He says now that a striker has been addressed, what should be the next priority? Um, Greg, you want to take this one first, and then I'll I'll come in behind. There's only one answer to this question. Mm -hmm. It's left back. Oh. It's left back. Okay. I am yeah. going to disagree with you. Well, the, you can't. There's only one answer to this question. Well, I've made... It's left back. I made a the new answer. The answer is left back. I made a new answer. <laughs> um, I think left back is, is important, but... Oh, that's good. Yeah. We're starting off strong here before I lay down <laughs> the, the hammer. I think that linger is more important. Okay. Because we legitimately have no one else. Like, in terms of a chance creation, there is no one on this team in the front three besides Miguel Amiron and Joel Antoon, sorry, that I have faith can create chances on a consistent basis. And everyone who listens to this podcast knows I have a love-hate relationship with Matt Ritchie. I think Matt Ritchie is a better left wing back than he is a right winger, especially at this stage in his career. So I don't know if I trust Matt Ritchie as my starting right winger. So I think I'd rather him play left wing back or left back because I know that he's going to be competent enough to hold down the fort and then get a a right winger that's going to be decent and create chances. That's just my opinion. But So you go left back, I go winger. I'm pretty sure... Um, and I think I think this is an interesting take from... I think Mirza maybe might have said this earlier. Um, talking about Newcastle do need to sign a central midfielder, which at first I was like, I oh, man, no, dude, we have, we have Longstaff, Hayden and Shelby. And, and then I was like, wait, that's all we have. We only have Longstaff, Hayden and Shelby. Oh, and Key. Oh, 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 wait. Little Longstaff, baby. Oh, sorry. Oh yeah. Maddie Longstaff as well. He'll, we got a little Longstaff. That's true. He'll, he'll be there. Kellen Watts, Owen Bailey. Yeah, those names are really bringing me a lot of faith. Um, so there's that. That's I think that's all the questions we have. So 
far. Um, oh, uh, no, actually, no, we got one more. There's, from, yeah, there's from one more. Anthony at Anthony six eight one nine seven six five one, which mm. is easily one of the worst Twitter names I have ever read. That is terrible. Oh my gosh. Uh, his question is: Steve Bruce is a Muppet. Well, obviously. I mean, it's not really a question. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I I responded with yes, but he's our Muppet, which is true. He he's Newcastle's Muppet. Um, I'm excited for the Steve Bruce era, dude. It's just gonna be just the most meme-worthy era of Newcastle United. Like I think it's gonna surpass the Alan Pardew. Like I think we're gonna get some solid gifs out of this, some great quotes. Like he's just he just seems like. He's likable, but he's just also just, like, so, like, how do you say this? Like, I guess, like, oblivious to the situation, really, which I think just uh, makes for great content. There, There is one other question we're missing. Really? Uh, by Up the Mags at TGS42084. Where is that? Um, he responded to the main. Oh, oh, L. Um. Up the mags, also a long-time listener. Mm, he is. Uh, say Newcastle go out and actually sign another 60 mil worth of players, as some of the journos are suggesting could happen. What happens then? Re-boycott. Is that intent? Is that 100 mil investment just to get tickets? Great question, by the way. That is Up actually a really good question, yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is this is what we see time and time again is we were protesting City and we signed Almiron and they and we all get the fan group canceled the protest in City, which I think is the most just ridiculous thing I've ever ever. Okay, it wasn't canceled. Um, it was just not done well. Because Graham was there. Give them their credit. It's just like it just did No 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 there was they no that was the Oh no. That was City. City. There you the, the one that was cancelled was the actual yeah, that, boycott. I, was, I misspoke. Yeah, and that was because that was that was even more ridiculous because that was because a a anonymous because we were winning and we signed Almiron. That's why. Well, yes, but the 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 sticker story was that we were told um, by by a source that we shouldn't boycott because that would affect the Peter Kenyon signing. That was the narrative that the Magpie Group rolled with when they officially canceled the the uh, the boycott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is trash. just hilarious. So my my and going back to this, and I think we're we'll have to answer this a lot, which is fine. I'm fine with this. Um, but so I've mentioned pick a side, and you're you're right no matter what. It's how whatever you believe in, but stick to that. Mm-hmm. No flip, no flip flopping. We're done flip flops now. Nobody wear flip flops except no for John Joe Shelby and their designer flip flops. And, oh yeah, they're yeah. not. They're not common house. Yeah, blocks, not not sure. from the commoners. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, just stick to that side. Like, if you know, this is exactly we've seen it time and time again. It's it's the same script. And Graham, <laughs> writer Graham Bell, and and he's been on the podcast a few times. He can run you over the same script. He's been on it for a while yeah. now. It's when things get dicey. There's a new takeover rumor that happens. Then if that doesn't work out, then we'll sign a few players and it will all go away for a little while. This time it can't. We can't do this anymore. So if you are pro boycott, you have to stick to it. Yeah, and not, and to be fair, it's uh 
it's an interesting scenario because this, like I said, this is the first time like there's nothing to really rest your faith in because there's no excuse of well, I mean Rafa got his player, or it's like well, I mean at least we still have Rafa because we don't have Rafa. We have Steve Bruce assigning a, a manager that it, I don't think there's only one person in the world seems happy about, and that's Luke Edwards. So um, it's this is like the put up or shut up moment for Newcastle fans. If you want to see through the BS. And and to be fair, you can be excited about Joel Linton and still see through the BS. Because Greg and I are excited about Joel Linton and we see through the BS. And we still support boycotting the club, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, just, yeah, like Greg said, stick to your side. That's all we're asking. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, uh, that was a really good question. Yeah. All right. You got anything else, Elijah? I do. Um, so this comes from at Newcastle for Arab, our Arab friends. Uh, the Newcastle Arab Supporters Group, uh, they just posted a, a screenshot um, while we were actually doing this podcast. Uh, it said, I guess, I, the translation's bad, but I'm going to translate it the best I can and change up some of the words so it makes a little more sense. It says, comedy section, Sunderland's value is 18.95 million euros, and Newcastle's new signing is worth 40 million euros. Oh, yes. That's actually hilarious. Joel Linton is worth twice as much as Sunderland as a club. Just let that sink in for a second. Also, Al- Almiron is also worth more than more than Sunderland. That is bizarre. And yeah, uh, that's my final thing. Is I tweeted about this from the main account, but there's been a lot of people who are buying into the uh, Sunderland trolls who are like, "Oh, Mike Ashley doesn't spend money, but he spent thirty mil." Don't buy into the trolling. Just remind yourself that they're in League One. They are not financially stable, and they'll probably never play us within the next 15 to 20 years. So um, just remind yourself of that. Don't respond to that and ignore them. Um, But, yeah, that's all I got. This was fun. All right. Well, yeah, definitely give us a follow on Twitter, guys. We need your help there. Um, There's way more of you listening to this podcast than followers that we have. So give us a follow at chn underscore radio. Uh, review us on iTunes. Uh, we really need, we're so close to a, a very important milestone. So if you haven't given us a five-star review yet, it would be very, very, very wonderful if you could do so. Go, go visit us on the main site. Check out some of the things we're writing. There's some really good stuff there. We literally released the uh, Joel and Tune article within a minute of Newcastle announcing it. It's true. We, we had it ready for the people. So, and, and that's the type of stuff that you can get and you can interact with us there graham's Um, got some great pieces up there some opinion pieces and shout out to kyle one lost muffin who is doing a really cool series of brian that that kind of uh um documents newcastle throughout the decades throughout the years and if you're a, a new fan it's something to definitely check out uh we have it all put into one little section for you because it is worth the read it's pretty cool to to get to know the history of the club and remember a time where Newcastle were com- competing for trophies. He just did the 70s where Newcastle were like like FA Cup runner-ups and stuff like that. So um, definitely check that series out. Both shizzle. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes episode 70 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell, and joined with me was the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And this beautiful tune you're hearing is Blade and Racist. I hope you have a wonderful week. 
and we'll see you next week, and away the lads. And a broken nose and gun to bleed and raise